Shalom, my friends. Coming to you once again from Lake Jackson, Texas. This is Jim Martin. And I do pray that God is shalom. His peace, His wholeness, His perfection would be with you and in you and all around you. And that we would all be protected this day as we study His Word and as we rebuke the enemy who stands against us and attacks us in so many ways. Today we're going to continue our study on the effects of bitterness and the very fact that God has granted us through His grace forgiveness, forgiveness of our own sins. And because of that, we also... Now Lord, I just come to you in Jesus' name thanking you for loving us and, and for protecting us from the evil that's all around us. And I pray, Lord, that you would... Uh, lift us up and that you would help us, Father, to manifest your truth to those who are all around us. Now, Lord, we commit this study to you. We commit ourselves to you for this time. And we just pray for no interruptions that uh, you would put a hedge around us in Jesus' name. Amen. I have updated uh, fairly significantly the the class notes, the lesson notes, and I've put a, an updated link to that on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, the link that I put on the podcast show notes will be the updated material that contains uh, two appendices that have additional information from one biblical and one secular, believe it or not, source on the consequences of unforgiveness. And I encourage you to avail yourself of those notes. It will help a lot. As we embark upon the study, I pray that you have your Bible ready. We are just going to very uh, quickly review that forgiveness, what what the Bible says, what God has told us. Uh, Forgiveness was demonstrated by Christ Himself on the cross where He said, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did they? Did those soldiers, did those Pharisees and Sadducees ask for his forgiveness? No, they did not. But he asked the Father to forgive them because they didn't realize that they were taking part, a vital, a crucial, an important, necessary part in God's ultimate plan for redemption. Forgiveness, if you want to know what it looks like, look at Jesus hanging between those two thieves on the cross and see yourself hanging there. Can you ask God the Father to forgive those who crucified you? Well, that's what Jesus did. Secondly, uh, we are commanded to forgive one another. In Luke chapter 17, he says, if you harbor forgiveness, if you do not forgive those who sin against you, now you're forgiven them seven times. If he comes back and and uh, offends you again, forgive him again. Of course, Peter says, uh, how many times shall I? Shall it be seven? And Jesus says, no, not seven times. I tell you, 70 times seven. And we talked about that last time. How that in uh, using the number seven, Jesus was referring to the fact that when a member of the body, a member of the community of Christ is offended, is hurt, then our response to that offense affects not just us and not just the offender, but the entire community, the entire body of Christ, the entire community of Christ. 
or in that day, the community of Israel. Our forgiveness involves even an emotional response, but it's deeper than that, of course, but an emotional response to the offender. Not a reaction against him, but a response. Understanding that the offender is merely an instrument that God is using to mature us and to mature our character before him. Uh, We are to clear that offender's record, not hold it against him, not count as a wrong on his account. And then we open ourselves up to being an instrument of his healing. And you say, well, that's not really what I'm interested in. I'm interested in retribution. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay, retribution, revenge is not ours to take out. We are not the judge. We are not the jury. Okay, we may be the plaintiff in the case, but we've got to trust the judge that justice will be done. There are a number of consequences of unforgiveness, of bitterness, harboring bitterness in your heart. A number of consequences, and we must be aware of that and understand that There's a process going on here that we are party to and participating in, whether wittingly or unwittingly, willingly or unwillingly. We're participating in a process here. And it's just not just us, okay? It's not about you. Not all about you. Yes, you're singularly and personally important to God, but you're not alone. We are not alone. We're part of a body, a body of Christ. Are we not? And so what's what happens to us, what happens in us, is essential for us to understand that, that the body of Christ is affected. So consequences of unforgiveness. Now if you've got the latest notes, you will see that there's, there's been a great deal added here mostly in the form of of two appendices. And I encourage you to take those and study them. There are physical consequences. If we harbor bitterness in our hearts, it can lead to chemical imbalances in our systems. It can alter our facial features. You can see people who have been in the gall of bitterness for years and they just become angry looking and hard looking in their facial features. You don't want that. You want to be approachable. You want people to say, I wonder why there's so much joy in this person, considering what they've been through. And then some, even bone health, even, even the very life of a person is in the blood, and that blood is generated and, and made healthy in the bones. So we need to uh, understand that there are, are serious physical consequences to harboring unforgiveness. There are spiritual consequences. First of all, there's an inability to truly love God and receive His love. We all know that passage of Scripture from 1 John chapter 4. We are to forgive one another even as Christ has forgiven us. A person cannot say, I love God, and then say, I hate my brother. No, we can't do that. We can't love God out of one side of our, our mouth or one side of our brain, and then say we hate our brother out of the other side. It simply does not work that way. Now, you may disagree with me all you want to, but that's what God's Word says. 
And you say, well, I don't hate him. I just don't want anything to do with him. Listen, let's be honest with ourselves. In biblical terms, in the context of biblical language, to hate someone is to simply put them aside. It's to prefer another over them. And so we know that God does not act preferentially. He does not prefer one person or one kind of person over another person or another kind of person. He treats us all the same. He loves us all the same. He judges us all the same by the same criteria. So if we say, well, I just, I'm not going to trust him or I'm not going to trust her anymore. I'm not going to let them hurt me again. Well, then really, you need to examine your fellowship with the Lord. Uh, I'm I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you by any stretch. I'm just saying that this is what's going on. There is a, closes a door, it becomes a a hindrance in our own spirits when we are harboring unforgiveness against someone, when we are bitter against someone. It, it, It hinders our ability to fellowship and really truly relate intimately with our God. It's, a, it's basically a trust issue. This is part of the emotional consequence. It's a trust issue. You say, well, what do you mean by that? So, well, do we trust God? Not to exact vengeance, but to judge righteously. Do we trust God to be righteous in the affairs between us and that person that who has perhaps offended us? Do we trust Him? Yeah, and if we are not willing to forgive, then there is underlying that an hindrance, a reluctance for us to fully trust God that He's going to take care of us, that He's going to protect us, that He's going to See that justice is done. And and by the way, we don't even call that justice. We don't we don't get to do that. Can you truly trust God that He's gonna be just? Is He's gonna be righteous? If you can't, then there's a, a, a real problem here. There might be doubts even about our relationship with God, because if we're unable to forgive others can we really accept, implement His forgiveness of us? It's not so much that He's not going to forgive us as that we can't receive that forgiveness. We can't act in that forgiveness. So that those are the spiritual issues. Just a few of the spiritual issues. Emotional consequences like depression. So much of the depression and despair that we see in our societies and cultures today stems from an offense gone against that person and that person not knowing how or not being willing to to deal with that offense in a spiritual way. It results in an inability to rationally and spiritually deal with state of affairs that you find yourself in. Offended, violated, betrayed, whatever it might be. We can have a, a, a wrong emotional focus. And insidiously, this re- leads to us, if we are so focused on some offender and so bitter against that person, that ironically enough, we become like that person. A story that was told us during our training years ago was that of a young man who grew up with an alcoholic, abusive father. 
And he vowed he would never be like that man. And he, he just refused to forgive him because the father abused him, the lad's mother, uh, his siblings. He could not forgive him in his own heart. And so he married, and he was an absolute teetotaler, never touched alcohol, spent much time with his family, took his family to church, just all of the things that you'd say, this is a good father. And then they began to have relational problems. And going to a counselor, it finally came out. The, the woman said, you are just like your father. And the man was completely aghast at that. He said, how could I be like my father? I never touch a drop of alcohol. I never do this. I'm home every night. He says, no, but it's your attitude. Your attitude and your demands of your family and the way you respond to your children and even to me when we displease you. No, you're not violent. No, you don't stalk out and pout. But but your responses are just like your father's. This man was absolutely crushed and humbled before the Lord. And that humbling began to lead to his restoration and his really renewal in his spirit. There are hindrances to spiritual development. You cannot grow. It's like there's a barrier there that you cannot get over, under, around, or through. Barrier to your growing uh, more mature as a Christian. God just has to deal, bring you, keep bringing you back to deal with that issue until you finally humble yourself under His mighty hand and forgive that person. There's obviously relational issues. Uh, Family and friends are often either rebuffed or harmed, offended by the offended party. Uh, Why? Because he is so bitter and so focused on that other and upon his own offense that he begins to abuse them. Maybe not physically, maybe not emotionally, but just his withdrawal from his friends, from his family, is a form of abuse. Proverbs 6.19 talks about that, how very dangerous it is to take up the offense of another or to sow strife among the brothers. Oh my goodness, the the scripture is replete with this. Uh, There's a a danger, uh, speaking of that, of picking up the offense of another person. Oh, friends, we have seen this so many times in our path that we have been walking on the last decades, that a person, let's say a sister, is offended by another sister, and then a third sister jumps into the fray, where the third sister was completely uninvolved, or maybe it's not a sister, maybe it's a a nephew, or a niece, or uh, a cousin, jumps into this because they see the the great hurt that's, that's occurred in the life of that person on, on, uh, at the hands of this offender. Proverbs 30, uh, 3, verse 30 says, Do not contend with men, with a man without a cause. If he has done you no harm, done nothing to you, leave it alone. You may console and comfort that person uh, the, that's been offended and give them Uh, godly counsel if you're called to do so and prompted by the Holy Spirit to do so, but you don't get involved by taking up an offense here. Proverbs 26 
17 has always been one that we've been almost amused by, but we didn't fully understand what it means. Let me read it for you. Proverbs 26:17. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. And the picture is we had a president here in our country uh, many, many years ago that a uh, photographer captured him holding a long-eared dog by the ears. Now, I don't think he was hurting the dog. I think the dog was jumped up like this and he was just kind of holding his ears. But, But I saw this scripture displayed in the media several times like one who takes a dog by the ears. Well, the problem is if this is a dog that you don't know and you pick him up by his ears, he probably is not going to like it and you're going to get bitten. You you won't like that either. The same is true with, with getting involved in another person's quarrel. Just leave it alone. It's not yours. You can pray for both parties, but that's the extent of it. And if if the offended party comes and asks ask you to get involved, Say, I will pray with you. Uh, let's see if we can, I, we can uh, kind of work through what led up to this offense. Maybe we can better understand the offender and how to be party to his healing. Of course, that's not what they're going to want. But that's what God wants them to do. So leave a dog's ears alone. Okay, we, we, we good with that? Okay. The record goes on and on and on about getting involved and about the damage that is done by harboring disobedience, this unforgiveness, unforgiveness. Now, for the next session, we're going to be really looking at the case of Joseph, the son of, 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 of Jacob, uh, the son of Israel. Uh, Joseph, one of the twelve patriarchs, actually he... He let his sons take half portions of what his inheritance would be. But you know the story of Jacob, I'm sure, uh, that he was sold into slavery by his brothers. And uh, this is in in the 14 chapters at the end of Genesis, uh, chapters 37 through 50. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. They hated him so because of his arrogance. Uh, boasting as they saw it and he was simply relating a dream he had had his father was deceived into into thinking he was killed by animals so there was deception all along there Uh, joseph from prison performed all of his duties there uh, in an exemplary fashion he was really good at what he did he was taken into his master's home as a personal servant, uh, wherein ultimately he was seduced by the owner's wife, and he fled with just the loincloth around his waist, and was falsely accused uh, again and thrown into prison again. He was promoted to lead trustee, as it were, in our prison system parlance today. He was given authority uh, and responsibility and dominion, really, over the re- rest of the prisoners. He was he saw to it that their work was fulfilled and they did it efficiently. So ultimately, if you have a boss like that, you appreciate both him and the job. Okay, even if, even if it's kind of a lousy t- job, uh, none of those prisoners had good jobs. Joseph gave him hope, and ultimately, he was promoted to be the administrator of all of Egypt's food supplies. 
because he correctly interpreted the Pharaoh's dreams. And he became second in the land of Egypt, this slave from Palestine. And next uh, next Tuesday, we will read in uh, Genesis chapter 45, starting in verse 4, uh, when he was about to die. He gave instruction to his brothers, says, Look, quit fight, don't fight amongst yourself. What what you intended for evil, God meant for good. So let's give him praise. And so today, if you feel like evil is being led levied against you, then you just thank God that you're counted worthy to be well, to be trained, to be loved and equipped and to be entrusted with the ministry of the gospel. I think that'd be a good place for us to stop for today. Next next week we'll pick it up in Genesis chapter 45, and we'll see what Joseph finally said to his brothers from his deathbed. Will you pray with me, my friends? Father God, we'll come to you in Jesus' name, and I just pray that you'd take this broadcast and that you would use it for your glory Uh, wherever it goes, that people would be challenged, encouraged to lay down bitterness as a function of your grace, which we will talk about extensively next week. Lord, uh, we see a a world that's full of strife and turmoil and chaos and, and even bitterness, Lord, and we know that's because they've rejected your grace and they've rejected your truth. So, Father, we stand before you Uh, with our hands open wide in praise and in expectation that you're going to pour out your abundant grace upon us to forgive and to become your instruments of healing in a broken world. These things we ask with thanksgiving and praise and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you.